Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for teaching us your precious word, giving us a place to come in freedom and worship you. Thank you, Lord, that we are your children and our names are written in the book of life in heaven. And that is our home. We thank you, Lord, for making us ambassadors of your precious word. Thank you for your anointing that rests upon me and upon this word, Lord, and help me to deliver it so that it helps, heals, empowers, loves, and prospers your children and helps those who are trying to understand and to get to know you, to receive you with joy and gladness and come on in and accept the free gift of salvation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Monday is Memorial Day, and we are, just want to remember all of those who have given everything for our freedom. I was just taking a picture outside of the memorial out there, and I, I posted it online already this morning. It just made an impact on me as I walked up to the church this morning. Especially the flag there of the POWMIAs, you know, and it's interesting to me that that one's a little more, it's a little tattered than the American flag, and it just made an impact on me, and I was looking last night, all the different wars that we've fought, and uh, some that I've never even heard of. Some we had zero losses, some we had three, some Indian wars and things like that, and then other conflicts that were just weird. And then some of them were massive casualties, you know. One that the Americans paid to uh, undo the, the godless injustice of slavery. And, and uh, others that we fought to keep the world free from the oppression of tyrannical dictators and things like that. But our boys have always saddled up and got it done. And man, I'm so thankful that to be born here in this nation, especially in the state of Texas. Yeah. A lot of folks coming here now, you know. Yep. <laughs> I just hope they don't bring nonsense with them. I hope they come here and understand why we, why why it's like it is here and keep it that way. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. The little Silicon Valley. <laughs> well... God has witnesses even there. He's never going to be left without a witness. John 10, 18. Jesus is talking about the fact that his father loves him because he lays down his life that he might take it up again. In verse 18, John 10, he said, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. We've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All abiding fruit of the Spirit of God that lives in our born-again spirit, and now we have to work it out. Work it out. Like building up muscles. Practice it. Learn about it. We've been 
we talked on Mother's Day about love and found out that love isn't necessarily what the world thinks it is. That there's four different types of love or words for love in the Greek in the New Testament and and the, the sexual desire, the brotherly love, the love of family and those things are all fine and good in their place, but the God kind of love, the agape kind of love, is a choice. It's not a feeling. Not mandated by our emotions or our feelings. That's a good thing. If we can choose love and let the Holy Spirit work on the emotional parts, you see. The same with the joy of the Lord. That's what we talked about last week. That was great news to me when I found that out. That even though my flesh sought pleasure and my soul sought happiness, those things were only temporal when I did find them. And I couldn't count on them to always be present, but I could always count on the abiding fruit of the Spirit of God, the joy of the Lord. And if I would practice that presence and that joy, I could, I could always have that even in my darkest times and from that I drew strength the Bible declares the joy of the Lord is our strength so why not practice putting that on amen so we can be strong all the time interestingly enough being Memorial Day weekend this week I want to talk about peace You know, Jesus, when he, I just had the thought, I just talked about John ten eighteen when he said, I lay down my life and my father loves me because that's, that is the kind of love, the agape love, the kind of love that lays down its life for the brethren, for the church, for the kingdom of God. Amen. And he said, that's why his father loved him. He, he, no one took it from him. He laid it down. He picked it up again. But in John 16, verse 7. He says something very interesting because I know a lot of us think, man, I just wish Jesus were here to talk to me right now. You know, sometimes when we're going through hard times, (laughs) you know, but look what he told the disciples in John 16, verse seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient or good for you that I go away. Can you imagine? They were sad. He told them this so many times that he was leaving, and then when he did, do, when he did, when he did get crucified, they were so shocked and hurt. <laughs> then they finally got it. There's a coal in there. He says, "It's good that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, the Holy Spirit. But if I depart, I will send him to you." So the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who is always with us, always in us, is something that's worth exploring. Amen? Amen. Understanding. Because it, it is so helpful. The fruit of peace is 
You know, the, the love of God is, is the, the, the foundational fruit. Everything else depends on, is built upon that because God is love. But man, peace is what everybody's looking for. I've told people for years, and they, they're looking for love in all the wrong places and all this sort of thing, you know, that old Johnny Lee song. I tell them, what you really want is peace. No, I just need some money, man. No, I just need a woman, man. I just need this or that and the other, a job. No, what you really want is peace. <clears throat> I remember when I was a kid, what do you want for Christmas, Grandma? What do you want for Christmas, Mama? Oh, just a little peace. I wish I knew what I knew now. I could tell them, well, it's yours for free, just for the asking, just for the practicing of it. <laughs> Peace implies the absence or the end of conflict. Right? On September the 2nd, 1945... On the deck of the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay, they signed a, the, the Japanese surrendered to us. And in World War II. On July the 27th, 1953, a ceasefire between North and South Korea was signed. And for the life of me, I still don't understand what happened in Vietnam. From about, for a couple of years, Nixon withdrew. <laughs> But in 1975, in April of 75, the fall of Saigon to the communists sort of ended that deal. But you see, even like in the Korean one, they, they signed a ceasefire. It's still under, you know, they're still at war technically. <laughs> and when the... When the communists overtook Saigon, that didn't end hostilities. I mean, it ended the fighting. So this way we sort of think of peace that way. It, or they, it, the fighting has stopped, there's peace. That's not really peace. Because peace requires reconciliation. Mm -hmm. so we, see, we think one side defeats the other, and now we have peace. But really, it's not until... The two opposing parties, the two in opposition, have been reconciled, taking not only the war, the fighting away, but also the enmity in their hearts has to be healed up. The conflict has to be removed. I've, I've been through many a battles where the, the fighting ceased, but the conflict was still there. Yeah. <laughs> So lucky to be here. <laughs> Conflict came into the world through sin. First through Satan falling from heaven when iniquity was found to be in him. Although he was beautiful and created by God, he was the head of the praise and he was the praise and worship leader. He was like a musical instrument, beautiful and wise and walked right amongst the presence of God. But iniquity was found in his heart. He started reading his own press. How great he was. And he thought he'd exalt himself above the throne of God and be God. You know, there's just one God and we're not him. And we need him desperately. The way up is down with God. 
humility. And then there was the, the sin of man here in the earth. God had given us authority over the earth and we, we fell. He gave it away. And so all that conflict had to be straightened out. What it did is it created conflict between man and God and also between man and man. Two planes, vertical and horizontal, like the cross. See? In the back of your book, towards the back, James 3.16 says for where envying and strife is there's confusion in every evil work but the wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable gentle and easy to be entreated full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace This conflict between God and man and between man and man, the perfect provision for both was made by God through the cross of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53, 5 says, The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. God is... Holy and just. And His Word, He is so holy and just. His integrity is so intact that He holds Himself accountable to His own Word. The penalty for sin is death. But His nature is love and He wants to extend mercy and forgiveness to us. So He had a problem. God had a problem. And he allowed man the opportunity to try to sort it out on their own. They couldn't. And so he had to come himself. Make a way. Amen. Amen. Put the punishment that belonged to us, our death penalty, on Jesus on the cross. And now we're guilty of sin and free as a bird. What I said in my book. My book right there. Colossians 1 I want to talk show you where Paul talks about the other problem not between God and man but between man and man uh, Colossians 1 verses 19 and 20. Paul says, For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Talking about Jesus. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things under Himself by Him, I say, whether things be on earth or things in heaven. 
And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, if you continue in the faith. Reconciled through the cross. Romans 5, 1. I'm just putting some scriptures out there because it doesn't matter what I say without some witnesses from this book. You shouldn't listen to it. Amen. <laughs> because if it's truth, God will always bear witness through His Word. Amen. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's the horizontal beam reconciled. Conflict removed because of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 For He, Jesus, is our peace who hath been made both who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He's speaking here primarily about the division between Jews and Gentiles. God's people and the people that were at enmity are unknown to God or, or did not know God. That was us. Jesus says, I'm making... All the ground at the foot of the cross level for everybody. Jews, Gentiles, white, black, slave or free, woman or man. Everybody's, God has no favorites. Amen. Pope or the pauper? Paul said after... Jesus got a hold of him after he was out running around trying to kill Christians. <laughs> and Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus and got him saved. And, and he said he went off into the desert of Arabia. And the Lord gave him great revelation. And he said after some years he went to Jerusalem to see those who were supposed to be important. Talking about Peter and John and them. He says, whatever they were, it don't make any difference to me. God has no favorites. <laughs> and he said, they didn't add anything to me. I just went to make sure what I was preaching hadn't been in vain. And you know, sure enough, I was right. Matter of fact, they basically said, I'm smarter than they are. <laughs> I have greater revelation knowledge than they did. And they were with him for three and a half years. <laughs> He wasn't being disrespectful. He was showing us that, hey man, if you think you're something, look to the cross. There's your... <clears throat> there's, if you want to get off into the sin of comparison, just go back to the cross and look up at Him. When you've, when you've matched Him, then, then maybe, you know, Jesus is the only one who's, who walks around full of pride and He has every right to. <laughs> And even still, he's humble. So both 
the vertical and the horizontal beams between God and man, between man and man, God has dealt with. So there's still hostility, though, in the world, isn't there? Yes, there is, unfortunately. And see, this ideology about this utopian world without God is satanic. It's crazy. It's foolish. It can't happen. It won't happen. Until Jesus comes again, there will be hostility. God will have enemies and enemy nations in this world. We need some fences, folks. And in case you think I'm saying Mexico is our enemy, they're not, of course. But their law is in place for a reason. Amen. And not every uh, religion and ideology uh, brings you to the same God. No, not at all. And so there are enemies of God disguising themselves as angels of light, as it were. And we need to be aware of this. Isaiah, we were in Isaiah 53 around Easter, and I just haven't quite moved on from there. But Isaiah 57, I haven't taken you to. And if you would, Isaiah 57 verses 19 and 21, it's right after Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, right around, just past the middle of the book. Isaiah 57, 19 and 21 Tell me when I got it. <laughs> Y'all caught that. Y'all know I hear, I hear uh, what do they call them things that Joe Biden always does? Gas. I hear gas. What, what does that stand for anyway? When you mess up, when you say something foolish in public or whatever. He's not the only one. We all do. But I'm just saying, they pick on him a lot for it. But... <laughs> I hear those on my own sermons every week. And I think back and I'm like, you know, nobody even caught that. If they, if they did, they're really good at, at, at covering it up. But that wasn't even the right scripture. Or that's not what this said. or that. And I go back and I'm like, no, no, no. All the way through my, because I listen to my own messages. And I get encouraged. Nevertheless, get back on track here. Isaiah 57, 19. Through 21. 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah is prophesying about what God was going to do here. And he said, For the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth, and smote him. I hid me, I hid me, and was wroth, and he went on forwardly in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways and will heal him. This is the King James. I left. By the one I normally minister out of at home. Sorry, so you have to translate from the from the theatrical English to one you understand. <laughs> but it's the most correct version, you know, if you can do that. Really, I create the fruit of his, the lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. What this is saying. In so many words that are hard to comprehend. 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah was prophesying that he would and what that was going to mean to us. 
that it was going to bring peace and healing, which peace always does bring healing to every part of the human life. Spiritual, emotional, physical. Verse 20, but the wicked are like though the troubled sea. When it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. No peace to the wicked. God talking to the whole human race. Peace. Peace. I'm offering you peace. I'm bringing you peace. I'm sending you peace. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Peace. This church age in in which we now live. This grace in which we stand is available to the entire human race. But not everyone's going to accept it. Unfortunately. And there is no peace to the wicked. A guy went to Jesus one time and he said, Good teacher, good master, what must I do to inherit the He said, Why do you call me good? Only God is good. Was Jesus saying he wasn't God? No. He was checking to see if this guy was willing to call him God. And he wasn't. So he shouldn't have been calling him good. He was just sucking up to him. And he tried to impress him. Well, you know the commandments Jesus told him. What should I do to inherit the kingdom of God? He said, you know the commandments. Don't do this. Don't do that. All this I've done all my life. And Jesus saw in him his problem. He was a wealthy young man. He said, then go give all you have to the poor and come follow me. And you'll have riches in heaven. And he went, Ducked his head and walked away. Didn't even give a nickel in the offering basket. Jesus just plucked that one string. That he, he just showed him his, his flaw. Nobody good but God. In Christ, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are in Christ. Now, you are good in God's eyes. Because you are in Christ and He is in you. We're one. Amen. But apart from that, everybody's wicked. I'm sorry. They might be the best sinner in the world. The biggest philanthropist. Very nice people. Do great things. And they might live next door to the Christian who's got some little dust on the bottle. I don't know. His wings are a little rusty or something. He's not quite there. But he's like, as long as I'm better than that Christian over there, I'm okay. Wrong. That Christian is going to get into heaven. He might be smelling a little like smoke when he gets there, but he (laughs) maybe lost a few rewards along the way, but he didn't lose his salvation. But peace through God brings healing. To every part of the person, the mind, the body, the spirit, the emotions. But not to those who remain stubborn and unyielding and self-willed to God's offer of reconciliation through the cross of Jesus Christ. There is no other path for them. I'm not saying this to to hammer down on people who aren't Christians. I'm I'm saying this to us. So we know the importance of our job as ambassadors for Christ in this world. You, you, there are people that you know. And 
I don't know, but especially when it comes to our family, especially women, and I'm, I may catch a lot of trouble for this, but I don't know. I've found that women, when it comes to their children, as long as they're happy, leave them alone. Don't bother them about church. Don't bother. Don't mention anything about Jesus. Just, just let them be happy. Oh my God! And you know what? That is so backwards. That's like people coming to me and praying. Oh, if you could just save my marriage. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus? No. Well, listen, dummy. Why don't you get that straight? Your eternal destiny, instead of trying to fix your fourth marriage. <laughs> And then maybe that'll work out too, you know, because he's able. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm terrible at examples. I, I, I'm in so much trouble. But, but I'm, I'm not trying to hurt anybody or be ugly, you know. I, <laughs> man, when, I tell, I've got some friends that are always trying to, when they come around me, they act so different, you know. And then they're always they're always trying to reconcile, you know, you know, Will, I I, I, I know I talk about smoking pot a lot, you go, but I don't do anything else, you know, and I and I you know, I could be I'm like, dude, if you just knew everything God has brought me through in this life, you, you would know how dumb you sound right now. And how little I care about anything you do or say. My message is one of peace and love and joy and reconciliation. I am not the judge. And anything I, that you think I'm prepared to judge you for, believe me, I've done ten times worse. And God spared my life and oh my gosh. So all the things you think are so terrible that you're sharing with me and trying to justify all the time, I don't. all I hear is wah, 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 wah. I don't care. I care because anything that is ungodly is not good for you. And that's the same reason God cares. He loves you. He doesn't want to get open doors for the devil into your life. But man, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you know the one who saved me from way worse than you've ever thought about doing. (laughs) Believe me. But peace... Stay on peace. (laughs) It's not just the end of conflict either. Because I said there requires reconciliation. But but peace is really much more. We need to go to the Hebrew word for peace, which you've heard many times, shalom. That is an awesome word. And it doesn't just mean peace, the absence of war or conflict. It means... A lot more than that. If I say shalom to you, I'm declaring not not only peace, but wholeness, completeness, total well-being, prosperity. The whole person, everything good to do with you, upon you, I'm declaring. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and that's the true meaning of, of peace. Not just the absence of strife. Isaiah... I'm going to back up to the ninth chapter. And the seventh verse of Isaiah. And it says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom, to order it, 
and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forever and ever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The gospel, which means good news, almost too good to be true news, is basically how that word in the, in the Greek would translate. It's almost... It's very seldom even used uh, before Paul used it to describe. It's like he was searching for a word to describe something so good you can't hardly explain it. (laughs) That's what the gospel is. And it's the good news that God has prepared for us to set up his kingdom and to govern over our lives. It's talking about God's government. God's government, God's kingdom has come and he's going to reign and rule forever and ever. And this is the good news that he should govern our lives. That we should be subjected to God's government. Nobody wants to be told what to do. In Isaiah, since I'm really digging Isaiah right now, 48... Well, he talked about all this stuff 700 years before it happened, so it ought to get somebody's attention. (laughs) Because I'm telling you two keys to the peace of God. One is that he has offered us his governance to be governed by him. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a legalistic thing. It's not a... A heavy weight upon us. It's a freedom to know that God is in control. God's got this. God, here, take this junk from me and let me be free. And he says, here, give it to me. Go play, baby. Go play. I got it. I got it. Don't Don't get out of my sight now. Amen. That's a whole nother message right there. When Jesus got arrested, Peter followed at a distance. Don't allow that space between you and God. See what happened with Peter just a few hours later. God's government. And then in Isaiah 48, 18, here's the other key. 48, 18... O thou that hast hearkened, O thou that hast hearkened to my commandments, then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. We translate that. (laughs) He said, if you would have just listened to me, God is talking to you. To the Hebrews. And so everything talking about Israel in the Old Testament and to the the Hebrews, he's talking to you now. Just translate to the church, to you personally. Amen. Oh, if you would just have listened to me, God said. He's reminding the Hebrews what they could have had if they would have just listened to him and walked in obedience to him. It wasn't bad things. It was good things he was trying to lead them to and through. And oh, how they frustrated him. Time and time again they turned back 
In other words, when the Bible is talking about going back to Egypt all the time, He's talking about your old sinful life. Don't look back and turn to a pillar of salt. There's nothing in the past. Jesus said, if you put your hands to the plow and look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Come on. Forward, forward, forward. God is a God of the now and the future, not the past. There is no future in the past. And if we want to, we can sit down at that table right there and Jesus will sit right next to you and cry with you and love you and wait for you. But what He really wants is for you to say, okay, I screwed up. I dropped the ball right there, Lord. Let's go. He said, come on, baby. You got this. It's just a little while. Trust me, it's just a little while. The key to the peace of God is paying attention to God's voice and then doing it. That's it. John 10, we get to the New Testament. And I'm almost done right here, believe it or not. First close. (laughs) Contractor, I'm doing this. uh, These folks live on a a big mansion up on Lake Conroe. and, And so they're wanting to do all kind of stuff. We've been working with him, and he says, I'm going to call this phase one. This was a few months ago. And then he keeps calling me back and adding, they want to do this, and they want to do this. I said, okay, we're going to call this phase one, part two. <laughs> and then and we just kept kept on like that. And then he added another phase yesterday to phase one, right? <laughs> phase one, part two. John 10. I never even got there. I started talking. About John, John 10, 27. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Did Jesus say, I wish my sheep would hear me, and I wish they would follow me at least once in a while? He didn't say that at all. And believe me, if Jesus said it, (laughs) He don't need to change it. He don't need to correct Himself, and He won't. He's not going to apologize. And he's trying to help you when he says something. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Hearing his voice and following him. One, two. The old one, two. The old two-step. Tavana and I used to like to do the two-step. Still do in the kitchen sometimes. Take her dancing right in the kitchen. (laughs) That's how mama taught me. Peace. Hear the Lord. Do what He says. So, reconciliation only through the cross between God and man. Reconciliation is only found through the cross between man and man. 
Amen. Amen. Number two, hear God and obey His voice. One, two, one, two. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Then, shalom, peace, total well-being, wholeness, completeness, peace for your entire life, for your entire family. Hello. For everything that you're praying for, you can have peace. With all with God, all things are possible, are they not? So here's the other thing. As we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, what's the common denominator there? It's only three words in each phrase. Which one is no? Spirit of the Spirit. What I'm trying to impart here in a sarcasm, sorry, is that it's it's not your load to carry. It's not you're not just a hard working farmer out there on your own with no help under the curse. Remember when they left the garden, he said, From the sweat of your brow you're gonna plow the ground and work the ground. Jesus lifted that curse. He became that curse, okay? Now you're in the Garden of Eden, okay? You still have work to do, just like when they went into... They crossed that River Jordan into the Promised Land from the desert. In the desert, the manna from heaven fell and fed them every day. When they went into the Promised Land, it stopped. Some people still went out and looked for it on the ground, even though they had entered into the land of milk and honey. They, they were like, well, where's my government check? And God's like, well, listen, everything you need is here. Houses you didn't build made by giants. Look at the beds in those places. <coughs> the, the grapes are... You know, you have to carry them on a pole between two men for a cluster of grapes. I mean, this is where they were. He said, go get it. I've given you all land. And you know, there were still some enemies there that they had to go find. <laughs> what? Yeah. They had to go work for it to get what they needed. But it was all there, readily available to them. You know, that's all I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing against... If if the church at large was doing what it's supposed to do, there would not be a benevolence program necessary in the entire world. So, let me just make that clear. But, I'm talking about the fact that everything you want, everything you need, God has made available through the, 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 the cross of Jesus Christ. You don't have to wade through the Jordan. Just use the bridge, the cross of Jesus Christ, and walk on into your promised land and receive the shalom, the peace, the well-being, the love, the joy of God, the abiding fruit of the Spirit of God. And remember, it's, it's the fruit of the Spirit, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside and takes to, to a hold together with you. And walks through this life and helps you and guides you and comforts you and protects you and teaches you and reminds you of everything that Jesus has said. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. 
Jesus said, it's good that I go because now the Comforter is here with you. He can be with all of you at all times, in all places, in all ways. And Jesus, you ever notice how protective Jesus was of the Holy Spirit? They, 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 they accused Him of, of acting under a demonic spirit. And He said, hey, watch out. You can say anything you want about the Son of Man, but don't ever talk bad about the Holy Spirit. That we will not forgive. He's awesome and beautiful. You know? It's time for us to believe and receive all the things that God has provided for us. Do you remember the Good Samaritan? Can I just tell you that's Jesus? And you were that broken, wounded person that everybody else was walking by and basically walking around. I've been there. Jesus picked us up and took us to the end. Took care of us, doctored us up, and left us in the care of the innkeeper. This is the Holy Spirit. He gave him Jesus didn't say anything that didn't mean something. He gave that innkeeper two denarii. Coins that equaled basically a day's wage each. Here, take care of him until I return. And if there be anything else, I'll take care of it then. Two days wages. With God, a thousand years is as one day. He's coming. He's coming soon. He's coming for you, His children, and everybody else who've been waiting for Him. And it's going to be glorious. Now let's don't let anyone miss Him if we can help it. Don't worry about being judged by the world. You will. Especially if you try to live for the Lord. But if the only complaint they have against you when you stand before Him is that you talked about Him too much, so be it. I don't think He's going to get on to you for it. He loves you and He wants you to know it. God bless you. It says we love Him because He loved us. And when we really... Understand how much He loves us and how much He has done for us and how much He's provided for us and how much He hopes for us and wants for us and cares for us. You just, He's really just irresistible. He gets a bad rap for things He hasn't done. And anyone who stands up behind one of these pulpits and tells people that God has stolen from them, they're a liar. And I'm sorry, I love them and I pray for them to have understanding and revelation knowledge of the truth of the Word of God because they've probably been taught that 
and pass it on down to others. But they're hurting people by telling them these things and they're driving people away from God instead of teaching them to run to Him in all situations and circumstances. God is not mad with you. The war is over. Peace has been provided between you and God. And if you want peace between you and man, go to Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this day and for your precious word. Thank you for the peace that you have promised us. John 14, 27, on that faithful night, Lord Jesus, you gave us your peace as a precious personal parting gift. You said, peace I give to you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Thank you, Lord. For helping us, Holy Spirit, to do our part. Not to let our hearts be troubled or afraid. And help us to walk in that abiding fruit of the peace of God. Knowing that you love us. And that you died for us. And that you made everything alright. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.